Derek Barnes, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-B-A-R-N-E-S, crown and ode to the fresh cut. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. In 2018, the picture book, Crown, A Note to the Fresh Cut, burst onto the scene like a breath of fresh air. It swept through award season, picking up Caldecott, Newberry, Coretta Scott King, and Ezra Jack Keats Awards for illustrator Gordon C. James and the subject of today's episode, author Derek Barnes. I caught up with Barnes last June at the American Library Association annual conference in New Orleans. He was, believe it or not, between award ceremonies. The morning of our interview, he accepted his Coretta Scott King author honor for Crown. After our talk, he would be accepting his Newberry honor. I wanted to find out how the book began. Derek Barnes will explain in a moment. This episode is part of our Unraveler series. In each episode, a book creator will take you inside one of their books. Their inspiration, fears, frustrations, epiphanies, the whole thing pulled apart. It's time to unravel Crown, an ode to the fresh cut. Crown is is more than just about the haircut. People look at the cover and think it's about the haircut, but it's really about the affirmation and self-love that African-American boys have, you know, for themselves when they look in the mirror. It was maybe December of 2016. I was on Facebook and I was scrolling and I saw a sketch from a, uh, a friend of mine who's a children's book illustrator, Don, Don Tate. And uh, it was a sketch of his teenage son when he came home from the barbershop. And it was, it was a beautiful sketch. It was a side profile. And I got in contact with Don and I asked him if he could maybe do maybe 15 to 20 of those. And I would write poetry uh, to it, just, you know, poems that affirm uh, black boys, maybe, you know, middle school age, fifth through eighth grade. He thought it was a great idea, but he was super swamped, had a lot of projects going on. So uh, he couldn't do it, but I had already written the poem. So I had the poem, and I, but I didn't have a publisher, didn't have an illustrator. And maybe two or three weeks later, uh, a friend of mine, a uh, New York Times bestselling author, her name is Denise Milner, and um, she landed her own children's book imprint with a small press based outside of Chicago called Agate. And um, she called me and said, yo, give me every manuscript that's been passed on over the past year, and I'm going to pick the best one. So uh, I gave her the poem that was uh, called Crown, and uh, we signed a contract. Shortly after that, still didn't have an illustrator. We ran through like maybe three to five people who actually, who either were busy like Don or they just didn't want to do the project. So I ended up begging an old friend of mine who worked at Hallmark Cards. I met him 18 years. We've been friends 18 years. and But he's a, a, a supremely, to me, he's a master fine fine artist. And he does, uh, you know, beautiful portraits, murals and, and whatnot. So... Uh, I had literally begged him, you know, to to do this project, 
and it was just uh, it was serendipitous, you know. So he he agreed to jump on the project, and here we are, eight awards later, man. <laughs> I was going to write a series of poems, but because Don uh, decided not to work on the project, I just wrote one very strong, passionate poem. I wanted that to be like the signature poem if I was going to do you know, a series of them. But uh, when Gordon came on board, he's the one that really came up with the idea of, of making it more of a, a, a story type of format. And once once he finished, of, of, like he, like I said, he, he paints everything. So every single illustration in this book is a is a huge painting. Yeah, and it took him like maybe three to four months to finish everything. In contrast, it took me like forty five minutes to write this poem. <laughs> but a uh, additional two weeks uh, to edit and everything. But uh, yeah, he he's the one that came up, and he when he gave me the first maybe three to six sketches. In my mind, I'm thinking like this is not what I want to do, but. I trust. I trusted him. I'm not one of those authors that you know. You you, you have to do what I say, dude. I'm not because you know it's all about uh, interpretation, and and maybe my vision is kind of narrow, you know. And he kind of broadened it out. So I went with it, and I already had that poem written, and I uh, gave that to him, and he completed the whole book. So um, thank you, Gordon. <laughs> You know, the toughest thing about writing poems, and I don't consider myself a poet, you know, like you know, Jason Reynolds, Kwame Alexander. Um, but the, the funny thing about poems to me is that, you know, visually you look at the page and it's kind of it's kind of like a um, a barrier. Like I, I don't want to be constricted to that to that to that one page right there. So. I kind of start off, I try to start off with a very strong statement, and then it just kind of, it just kind of furrows out from there, you know, really, you know, so I, in my mind, I was thinking about what it was like to be 11 again, and to go to the barbershop, and sit and wait for my turn, and what it felt like to be tended to, you know, I, I write, I write in the, in the, um, in the, uh, um, I write in a book about how I think the barbershop is really the only place in in the black community where black boys are tended to, you know. So that was always a exciting feeling for me. That was an exciting feeling. And also just thinking about how I was going to be transformed when this was over with. And so you're transformed in a multitude of ways, but you don't really know it. You know, I, I felt smarter when I was 11 because I got my hair cut on Thursdays. You know, my mom would uh, work. She worked like two, two or three jobs. Sometimes she leave money on the on the dresser for me to ride the bus and to pay for the for the haircut. And uh, on Friday, I knew that when I went to school, man, I was gonna knock them dead. I was I would feel like a better person. So it, I um, I kind of went back in time and, and kind of thought about you know eleven year old me and uh, how I was going to pass all those tests on Friday. Like, we had spelling and math tests. I had a little girlfriend named Carmen. I thought she thought I was going to just be amazingly handsome, you know. So uh, I just kind of channeled that me, and um, that, that kind of helped me flow through the poem, you know. Well, one, one thing I'm, I'm so proud of, 
And it's one thing I've just learned recently. You know, you look back on all of the, the jobs you've had, and at the time you may feel like certain jobs were beneath you or you should be doing more or you should be doing better. And when I got to a certain age, maybe in my mid-30s, I started realizing that I'm being placed in these positions in order to learn things that are going to benefit me later. Like, you don't know that when you're going through it. It just feels horrible sometimes, you know. But later on, you you know, you realize, like, I'm, but, you know, this was a great job. I, it was my first job right out of college, working at Hallmark Cards. I wrote greeting card copy. Um, and I think that experience really helped me with writing picture books because this is my first picture book. And what Hallmark Cards taught me it, how to do was to um, just cram a lot of emotion into maybe 20 words. You know what I mean? And, so, and that's what you are basically doing when you um, when you pen a picture book. You know, you're cramming all these emotions in between 32 and 40 uh, pages. And some pages don't have words at all. And that's where that's where that chemistry kind of comes in. You know, you know, working with the right illustrators. You know, I really see my I really see myself as a painter or like a music producer. When when I finish my work, I like to look like if I could throw it up on the wall and look at those adjectives and look at those phrases. And sometimes sometimes I move things around. I'm not really attached to the work where I can't um, you know just cut things out. And I like to look at it in its entirety and kind of put things in you know the right spaces. So um, I forgot what movie that was. Where I think it was Tom Cruise where he would move things around. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's that, that's how I feel with my work, man. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, from a, a daily standpoint, I, I usually work in the morning. I do my best work at night, um, between like ten and two. You know, so like I said, I wrote. It took me forty-five minutes to write this, but for the next two weeks, I was doing the doing a Minority Report uh, kind of <laughs> kind of uh, editing. We landed the contract before we landed Gordon, so um, it, it was like maybe maybe a month after I finished 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 writing it, we signed the contract, and uh, I don't know. It, it's like soon as soon as I found out that Gordon was doing it, and I saw some of the first sketches, I I, just, I felt I just felt like. You know, maybe not, you know, it was going to be a multi-award winner, but it felt like nothing I had ever done before, and it felt like nothing I, that, that was out really. Like, I had seen Barber books, but I just feel like I'm at the stage in my career where if if I'm going to write books, especially for books about African-American children, they have to be authentic. The voice has to be authentic, and that's what we, I, th I think that's what most authors try to do, but... I really try to write with my audience in mind. So I'm using the language, the phrases that they are most familiar with, and uh, just put it out there, you know? Like I said, I try to fill these uh, gaps. I, I, I take my responsibility. First of all, I take my responsibility as a husband and a father of four black boys, extremely serious. And um, as a author, I, they, you know, the two are kind of joined. So, you know, the work that I put out there, I, I want it to be something that really inspires boys of color 
and make them feel good about themselves. So much negativity going on in the world today. Uh, 17-year-old boy just got shot by um, by police in Pittsburgh, and that, that, that's been it's really been going on for a long time. But now it's being recorded because of cameras and whatnot. And there's so many, it's, there's so much negative imagery from pop culture about African American boys. And I, I feel like my job as a writer and as an artist is to show the true image and true picture of what uh, you, you know these boys are. Cause I, I live with four of them. I used to be an African American boy and teenager, and you know we are not a monolith. You know, so I, I, I want to show, I want to show some joy. I want to show some intelligence. I want to show some confidence, you know. And so when black boys read this book, I want them to feel really good about themselves, the way they feel when they walk out of that barbershop. So again, it's not just about the haircut. It's about when you walk out of that shop, I want you to hold your head up high. I want you to have some confidence about yourself. Speak with intelligence. Like maybe three times in this book, I talk about being a great student, those kind of things. So I feel like that's my role. That's my role right now. It's a a renaissance I feel like going on right now in, in, in children's uh, children's publishing. You know, this this morning, just being at that Coretta Scott King breakfast, there with you know uh, Angie Thomas, the author of uh, um, The Hate You Give. You know, Jason Reynolds, uh, Renee. It was just I mean, I just I feel so honored to be writing right now. You know, with all those great authors. So. I think it started when we we received a our first star review from Kirkus, and I think that's when the the bell started going off in my head. Like uh, Gordon, we may have something here, and it was a a beautiful review, and and then all the star reviews start coming in, and um, I started trolling all these mock awards sites, you know, like the Caldecott. I didn't think about the Newberry at, at all, man. I had no idea or no clue. I was really pushing for Gordon. I wanted him to win because the artwork is so beautiful. I think I think the covers on picture books really pull the reader in, and then it's the author's job to make sure that you don't let you know the reader down. You know, if you pull him in, but I think he did a, a, a awesome job. But winning the Newberry, I I, I I wasn't thinking about that at all, man. And so the first award we won, got to the phone call, was the Ezra Jack Keats Award. Just blew my mind, man. I was a huge fan of Ezra Jack Keats and what he means in regards to um, children of color being in in, in books. And, uh, and then on February, the, I think it was the 12th, the ALA Awards were, we had a television interview in Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And we were, the interview was about the Ezra Jack Keats Awards, but we got the phone call that we won all these awards, and uh, we ended up talking about uh, the Caldecott, Newberry, Credit Scott King, and it just. And then I went home. I got home at the end of at the end of the day, and uh, we watched we watched the whole ceremony again in my eldest son's room, and we had our own award ceremony again. It was it was just a, a huge hug fest. It was it was great because you know my kids have seen me at my lowest. And they've seen me at you know when things are going well, but you know during all of that, they have they have never seen a time when I've stopped writing. I, I've continued to write through it all. So for them to see me, uh, you know, succeed, it just it, it just feels good and it teaches them a lesson about you know perseverance and and to keep pushing forward. So you know that was that was one of the best days of 
in my professional you know career really the best one of the best days of my life to be honest with you yeah this book has changed my life you know thank you Derek Barnes for the interview thank you Jacqueline Jarek for making it happen thank you Philip Stead for our theme music additional music for this episode by the good lords from the free music archive have an idea for the show? You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening.